You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. of Screaming for More, brought to you by Pop Culture Fanatics, the only podcast for the fanatic inside of you. It's your host with the most, the ghoul, too cool for school, Mr. Val Sisko. Ooh, don't say my name five times in a mirror, you never know what happens. Guys, today I'm very excited to share with you my thoughts and of course, just a reaction that came out of the latest horror film, 2021's Candyman. Super excited to talk about this. I've been waiting for about a year to talk about this movie um, because of the fact that I'm a huge fan of the original. Maybe not the sequels, but the original is just such a prolific film. And um, this film right here, being a direct sequel to the movie, a lot of people didn't know that as well, too, um, had a lot riding on it. So, of course, with these kind of podcasts, what we do is we talk about the history of the movie itself, a little bit of the plot, and we give my thoughts and reactions to the movie itself in a short span. So hopefully you guys are in for the ride. So let's get started, shall we? Candyman is a 2021 supernatural slasher film directed by Nia DaCosta, written by Jordan Peele, Wynn Rosenfield, and DaCosta. The film is a direct sequel to the 1992 film of the same name and the fourth in the Candyman film franchise. Now guys, let me just start off and say this right here. When they say that this is a direct sequel, think the latest Halloween movie, where Halloween, you know, is basically a direct sequel to the original 70s Halloween movie, okay? We can forget about Halloween 2, Halloween 3, and then everything from there. This is the director's vision of a sequel to that movie. Same thing with Candyman right here. Although sequels came out in the 90s as well too, this right here is a direct sequel to, of course, the original. I know it's very confusing, and it's very, very confusing with the trend that's going on these days of having the actual name like Candyman, or in that instance, Halloween, instead of saying Halloween 2 or 3. Um, it might rattle some people, but I assure you this is a direct sequel. Um, super, super excited for that right there, because the other sequels, they were okay, but they weren't the greatest. Of course, um, this film is inspired by the short story, The Forbidden, written by Clive Barker. Now, if you guys love creepy shit from the 80s and 90s, especially things like Hellraiser, Clive Barker is the dude to go to right here. The film stars Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who is super prolific right now, is in every single movie these days. Um... Most notably, he plays Dr. Manhattan in the Watchmen series. Super, super, super great performance there. Uh, 
Tayona Paris, who just recently was in WandaVision playing Monica Rambeau as well too, she will be in the upcoming Marvel's film um, with, of course, um, Carol Danvers, the Marvels, that should be fun as well too, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, Coleman Domingo, and more people in this film as well too, especially one little guest appearance by our boy, the original OG himself, Tony Todd, who plays his original role of Candyman as well too later on in the film. Spoilers, it happened. Uh, a little bit about the plans of this movie. The plans of another Candyman film began in the early 2000s with the original director, Bernard Rose, wanting to make a prequel film about Candyman and Helen's love. However, the studio turned it down and the project entered development hell. By 2018, Peel signed on as a producer for the new film using the company, his company specifically, Monkey Paw Productions, and later in November of the same year it was confirmed that Peel would produce the film with Universal Pictures and MGM partnered with Rosenfield to co-produce the movie with, of course, the Costa signed on as a director. A lot right there, a mouthful. <laughs> Candyman was theatrically released in the United States on August 27, 2021 by Universal Pictures. It was released um, but, of course, let's talk about the reason why it's been in some kind of hell as well, too. Of course, it was supposed to be released in 2020, June of 2020 to be exact, but because of COVID-19 and the worldwide pandemic, it was pushed back. It was actually pushed back three times. The film received generally positive reviews from critics who praised the Costa's direction and the blend of social commentary mixed with horror. The film grossed about $66 million worldwide against a $25 million budget. So it made its money, people. Um, so let's talk about a little bit of the plot right here. You know what? Before we even get into the plot, let's just talk about how I feel about Candyman growing up. Candyman was one of the scariest movies growing up in the 90s, man. And the guy was born in 1987, not to age myself right here. But, you know, I have been, I have been a horror fan since... Man, birth. <laughs> I, I've always loved the horror franchise, and maybe that's because you know I grew up in a household where um, the TV, the, the the illustrious TV, was watching me when my parents were not around as well too. So my young head was into things like Gremlins and It, you know, the original inception of It, um, and other movies of that nature. I was just going into different genres of horror slashers like Nightmare on Elm Street and, of course, the Jason franchise with Friday the 13th and things of that nature, Pumpkinhead, things of that nature. I was watching all that shit around, like, five, six, seven years old. So the original Candyman spoke a lot to me because of the fact that this was a different type of movie. Um, this definitely had a lot of social commentary in the movie, especially in the 90s where, you know, gang violence and, you know, projects were, were, were so prolific back then, especially uh, in Chicago, New York, and L.A. So being as someone who lived in the Bronx, New York, around project complexes all the time, um, you know, it, it spoke volumes to me. Like, a lot of my people, you know, the people that live in the ghetto, in ghetto areas, um, had a platform, in a way. 
right? So not only did you have that social commentary there, but just the creep factor of what Candyman was, the bees, the hook, you know, Tony Todd's um, voice, just very, very dark and deep. Like, I can't even do an impression of Tony Todd. How dare I? But that movie speaks volumes so much things are happening in that movie that you're questioning like what the hell is happening when Tony Todd's on the screen Candyman is the actual focus of the goddamn movie hell it's called Candyman for a reason right he just commands he commands like respect and presence when he's on the screen um and there's so many different things happening in that movie I love it it's just fantastic it spoke to me when I was a child it still speaks to me today as a very dark gothic type movie for my people as well too i love it i love it i love it i love it the sequels they were okay mediocre at best you know fair to midland but i won't say that they're super bad i will say you know i'm, I'm the type of person that likes the toxic avengers so my 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 level of of horror goes varies it goes up and down so i absolutely love you know the original the sequels are okay but i was super happy to know that when going into this movie this was a sequel it surprised the hell out of me guys i don't like trailers i watched maybe a trailer maybe the first trailer teaser trailer and that's really about it I don't like to deep dive into the third or fourth trailer that comes out because I don't want to spoil every goddamn thing about a movie these days and that's what happens TV spots theater spots yada 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 it gets spoiled so going into this movie I didn't read that much about it I didn't uh, besides the actors involved and um, I wanted to be kind of surprised going into this and I was I was, I was super surprised going into this knowing that it was a sequel, and happy as well too. So let's get into the plot of the movie right here. Uh, in 2019, 27 years after the events of the first film, visual artist Anthony McCoy, Yaya Hudu, uh, lives in Chicago with his girlfriend, an art gallery director, Brianna Cartwright. Brianna's brother Troy shares an urban legend about Helen Lyle. A graduate student who went on a killing spree in the early 90s. Her rampage culminated in a bonfire outside Caprini Green housing project where she attempted to sacrifice a baby. The residents were able to rescue the child from Helen, but of course she perished in the fire. So right off the bat, you get the Candyman story from the original film and especially the last 10 minutes of the film as well too very gritty very crazy as well too um and it speaks volumes to what um it is compared to what, what it was compared to what chicago is now you know the film really does center around gentrification and i get it totally understand what they were going for especially with the social commentary in this film I totally get it. Um, they're harkening back to how crazy things were in the 90s and how things have gotten better. Yes, things are still crazy. There's still killings in Chicago. But when it comes to the housing projects, people have been moved out for lovely lofts and apartment complexes. I'm a person that has seen that firsthand living in the Bronx, New York, seeing how the South Bronx was a place to avoid, seeing how Harlem was a place to avoid in Manhattan. And you see everyone in condos now and the different lifestyle that is, you know, you can go ahead, no offense to anyone, you can go ahead and now walk into, Har into Harlem and get yourself, um, 
you know, a nice Starbucks and, you know, homemade cupcakes and things of that nature. And while that's great to see new businesses thrive and people go into these areas and enjoy themselves, what happens to the residents that were there before? Pushed out and, and shoved out of their other of their, of their uh, environment, of their of their lives, essentially. It's crazy to look at, and that's probably a bigger subject to really talk about. Uh, such a big subject that I feel like it's ignored a tad bit in this movie. That's one of my gripes right here, but I digress. We'll talk about that a little later. Desperate to find a creative spark to turn his career around, Anthony roams around Cabrini Green for inspiration. He eventually meets William Burke, a laundromat owner who induces him and just kind of plays a story out of who is Candyman. When Burke was a child in 1977, he had a frightening encounter with a man named Sherman Fields. A hook-handed man who the police believed was responsible for putting razor blades in pieces of candy around the Halloween time, which unfortunately killed a white girl. Burke inevitably alerted the police and Sherman's present inside the walls of one of the towers, and this led to, of course, a unjust death by Sherman. When children continued to receive candies with razor blades inside, Sherman was exonerated, and the legend implies that when someone calls uh, or says the name Candyman five times in the mirror, Sherman's spirit will appear and kill the summoner. So, crazy little legend right there. Um, that spoke to me a lot. I love the fact that we got that 1977 flashback, um, especially when you see, you know, the police hunting down, or at least not really hunting down, but they're around the area trying to smell or, or smoke out who this killer is, right? And you see exactly what 1970, 1977 would be like. Cops are there, but not they're not really there, you know, especially in the, in the most ghettos areas. Cops are there just to be flies on a wall, unfortunately. Um, it happened, in, you know, it happened in the 70s, 80s, and 90s from Chicago to LA to New York. Unfortunately, in the poorest areas, in the less, less uh, economically developed areas, um, cops are just there just to be there, unfortunately. They let the people handle themselves, unfortunately. Hence the movie Candyman, right? Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast, too, with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. 
download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh, whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take care. Ciao. I love the fact that we get this aesthetic of this boy doing laundry really unattended and you know this man who's hiding who's hiding from from everyone but it's like a gentle soul in a way you know it's a very gentle soul very handicapped man giving candy out um wrongfully gets executed by the police and then it gets exonerated afterwards because killings happen that's something that we kind of speak to today unfortunately it is. It, that, that's probably the part of the movie that speaks the most volumes is just that eventually mistaken identity will rear its ugly head and bad things will happen. And we all have to live with that guilt sometimes. So, um, of course, hijinks happens and um, the, the news gets out, right? The news kind of gets out because Anthony himself, Anthony McCoy, pronouns people, um, gets his inspiration from Candyman and the social commentary around Candyman. Um, he starts making art pieces um, that speak volumes to the legend of Candyman. One art piece actually has a mirror and he wants you to invoke the legend of Candyman by looking at this mirror. So very thoughtful right there, very meta in a way as well too, but it doesn't excite anyone whatsoever. In fact, it kind of um, it, it makes people shrug off um, this man who has um, so much potential to be the next Van Gogh, if you will, to kind of stoop down to social commentary in their eyes. In their eyes. They're like, oh, you've painted masterpieces and now you're just going to social commentary. Everyone's doing that these days. It's so passe. And him as an artist, he gets offended by this. Of course, he, he he's so invested into this Candyman character and this legend that, that he's consumed by it. Everything that he does is is for his artwork. Anything that he does research on Candyman is for the artwork itself. So you see the obsession right there. That's interesting. Very, very interesting fact that a man can get obsessed with, with inspiration to kind of... Um, get them to the next level, him or her, to the next level what they want their vision to be. I can relate to that as well too, many artists can relate to that. Um, I just feel like it was a little slow getting from point A to point B. Uh, because of Anthony's work, so many people are talking about the legend of Candyman once again. Uh, you have young girls in high school, you have people in different complexes, and they're joking about the actual reveal of Candyman, saying it, and of course, when they do invoke Candyman, I'm just going in spoiler territory right now, guys, so I apologize, um, we don't actually get Tony Todd, we get the actress playing Sherman. And it's interesting because when you first see the original Candyman, like I said, Tony Todd's presence is, is very, it, it's, it's unmistakable. Um, he is the movie. You know, the dripping claw, the blood coming down, the trench coat, the bees, just the presence is there. And in a way, with this movie, they kind of went the Nightmare in Elm Street route, where the kills are happening, but 
you're looking through a mirror to see these kills. Because if you're not, you would think, kind of like in all the Nightmare movies, an invisible force is just murdering someone, and you don't know how to piece it together, right? But when you're using mirrors, whether it's a bathroom mirror or, of course, Anthony's painting or project that he has, um, you're seeing exactly what is happening in the background. Um, just a hovering Sherman coming out and slaying people, which is interesting, very interesting. Um, you also see that there's kind of like a conscious of Candyman as well, too, where um, in a girl's bathroom, these girls are trying to invoke Candyman, and one of the girls locks herself in the bathroom as well, too, and um, tries not to, you know, covers her ears and just does not want to deal with the situation. Um, of course, these girls get all slaughtered, and that one girl walks away unscathed. Um, so there's there's some kind of justice to it, I guess, right? In a way. Um, and of course, throughout the film, you're seeing Anthony's obsession turn into his fruition, which is um, ultimately becoming Candyman in a way. You know, your art defines who you are. The the dirt that you're digging up from from everywhere, from the stories, from from the heartache, from the trials and tribulations, um, kind of just fester away in Anthony becoming the next Candyman. Now, I will say this. A lot of that is high concept stuff. You know, you, the art beco you become your, your art in a way. I get it. I, I, I like it. I see what they were trying to do. But it's a lot of interpretation in this film. And these are my thoughts right now. Um, I won't go too much into the, the rest of the film right there because like, I, I want you guys to watch it. But there's a lot of interpretation in this film. Now, don't get me wrong. I love smart movies. I feel like there's not enough smart movies out there you know, where you need to figure things out. Um, but I feel that we were robbed of a couple of key moments. You know, number one, uh, a huge key moment is actually seeing Anthony McCoy become Candyman and really wreak havoc against, like, whoever summons him in a way. You know, whoever wronged him in a way as well, too. You kind of want to see that. It's, it's nice seeing Sherman in a way, um, but you wanted that payoff in a way. You kind of get it toward the end, but you kind of don't either. Um, here's my biggest gripe about the movie. In a, in a movie that speaks so much on social commentary, I feel it was lost in what it was trying to say. You know, we're trying to talk about gentrification and and what what it's hap what's happened in the world of Chicago and the world of Chicago, the city of Chicago, um, and how it's changed, how before these were all project com uh, complexes, now we live in condos. Oh my god, that's so crazy, right? Well, I get it, but we don't really deep dive into, you know, the cause and effect of things. We don't deep dive into, like, the homeless around or how the homeless have been pushed out of that area as well too we don't deep dive into the lives the after effect of what this has done i feel like we talk about it and we kind of go to the ruins of certain projects which are it's okay to see like i understand it and i understand it looks like a wasteland compared to what it was in the 90s but at the same token i'm i feel like there's more to be said about this topic and if we were gonna, if this was the leading topic, if we were going into this and saying, okay, cause and effect, this happened, gentrification happened, 
um, and we took out all these citizens from these project complexes um, just to move in a more of a, a I guess a middle class or a higher class um, we missed the effect where are these people what's happening to these people I think there would have been a better story if we would have talked about someone who was affected by gentrification and that became Candyman's story right here or the next Candyman's story right there like, because I was moved out of my element, because I was criticized of where I lived, because I was um, almost like a prejudice that I lived in Caprini Green, and now, like, that's really no more. Now it, it's condos, and how dare you even talk about that anymore? We live in high-class society now. We live in condos. We, we, we eat caviar and drink uh, champagne all day, you know, when these guys were just eating honey and syrup sandwiches all day. Back in back in those days, you know, um, I feel like there was something to be said there, and it is a better story instead of having this artist who is compelled to learn more about Candyman to it consumes him. And the larger story, I get it. It's anyone could be Candyman uh, if pushed hard, if if went hard enough, if 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 felt like a social injustice happened to them, then they could become Candyman. I get that. I could understand that. My my mind is not 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 dulled down for that idea whatsoever. I like the fact that whoever is wronged in a way can become Candyman. Like there's like a lineage to it, and you see that toward the end where you see you know the Sherman character, you see Anthony McCoy's character becoming Candyman, and then you get to the Tony Todd of it all, who is the original Candyman in a way, and it's like cool. I get it. I like it. But I feel like there was more to be said. I feel like Anthony was not wronged enough to 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 really make this leap. I mean, there's a huge reveal. Not really a huge reveal. I'll say it right now. The baby from the first film, that's Anthony. Okay, cool. You know, he that was his trauma, I guess, right then and there. But he has been altered in a way where he has forgotten about that past and I don't think that's enough to drive someone to the extent to want to be the the specter in a way to be you know the, the grim reaper in a way of that area the grim reaper of social justice um, I feel like that's just it just wasn't for me right there I feel like there was a lot there I Many people are loving this movie. Don't get it twisted. People love the fact that uh, of the slow pace. They love the fact that you know this deals in Chicago, where the original Candyman was, and how certain characters are harkened back to, especially with Anthony's character, to Tony Todd appearance as well too. Um, but it, I, I never feel like this is a scary movie. I don't feel like this is scary whatsoever. I feel like there's some jump scares. And there's some gore as well too, some blood, but it's not as scary as the original. Not to say that the original was like some hack fest, but there was something, there was a soul to that movie compared to this one where I feel it's a little soulless. Um, I'm not invested in Anthony's character. I'm not invested with the reveal. Uh, I'm not invested with Sherman's character whatsoever. I'm not invested with his relationship 
with Brianna as well too. I feel like that right there was meant to fail in a way because of artist's desire to always want to be better. I feel like there was, a, there was a better story to kind of break them up in a way or kind of have some tragedy fall in that relationship, but it just never was explored. There was opportunity to explore many th themes in this film. They didn't capitalize on it. Um, and with that being said, you know, you, you don't really care for any of these characters whatsoever in the film. I mean, there's some fun stuff, you know, Brianna's brother you know, plays a lot of, like, the jokes in the movie. He's the funny man. Like, oh, you know, don't go in there. We're not gonna go here. You'll, you'll die there. You know, yada, yada, yada. Like, I get it. But the same token, like, I feel like there was a better message in this movie. Like, if it... I don't know. It comes from Jordan Peele, who's an excellent writer, director, or everything. Um, but has a pulse on social commentary. I feel like the pulse was missed in this movie. Like I said, if you want to talk about gentrification and and what's happening in the world, you could have, but you missed the opportunity to talk about the effect it has on people and, and what's really going on with that. Like, you're getting the glimpse and the glam of the after effect. Like, everyone's living a great life. There's some poor people there, but hey, we kind of ignore that. No, you want to know what's in the grits, in the grime, what's on the streets, what's happening the cause and effect of things. You need to talk about that if you're going to talk about gentrification. But I digress. That's just how I felt about it. I felt like it wasn't a scary movie. It wasn't a crazy movie. It didn't talk too much about what's happening in the world, but it didn't talk too little as, as well, too. Um, it had a couple of jump scares. It had a couple of what-the-fuck moments, in a way. If you're not a fan of Candyman, though, I will say you're probably going to feel a little lost watching this movie. If you've not watched the original... It kind of feels like, well, this is happening. This is like um, Nightmare on Elm Street in a way. Okay, cool. But it, it, this, it's so much more. It's so much goddamn more than than what we got. So, my rating, I enjoyed it. I wanted to love it. I wanted to love it. So, out of the popcorns, the golden popcorns, I'm going to give it two golden popcorns. I thought that it, it, it has a great soundtrack, the music's great, the score is fantastic. I thought the actors involved were very compelling with the script that was given to them. I feel that Yaya's character acting is fantastic, he, he wants to deep dive into these roles. If you're a fan of this actor, he does 110% anything given to him, which is I find very strange because like... I feel like there's more meat for him in this movie, and just they didn't give it to him. I think he was very stoic throughout the film, which is good, but you want more. You want that fester that's happening in his bones and skin to really feel like a change, a metamorphosis is happening, and you don't really get it paid off that well. I think that um, would we need a sequel to this? Or another sequel, part three. Not necessarily. I'm not yearning to watch this movie again. If anything, I want to watch the original again. Because of the performances. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's a decent sequel. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it two. two. Two golden popcorns right here. There could have been better. It could have been a lot better. They could have spoke more volumes. For, for a writer 
that and a producer that has given us movies that directly speak to what's happening in the world of social commentary uh a heartbeat was missed or a soul was missed in this movie somewhere somewhere down the line so that's it guys i know i talked a lot of bs right there hopefully you guys were entertained by it but um that's uh my thoughts on Candyman. if you guys want to get back at me you guys can get back at me at uh facebook at pop culture fanatics on instagram at pcf podcast on twitter at pcf podcast as well too the podcast itself pop culture fanatics is on everywhere from apple Podcasts to spotify to um iHeartRadio. so reach out to us if you can and be so kind on anchor as well too you can leave a little voicemail tell me what you thought about the podcast what you think about this episode or you just want to leave some nice comments you can do that as well too on the anchor app as well too so like subscribe leave a comment do what you guys gotta do to make this podcast successful me lucha valcisco on instagram lucha valcisco on twitter guys that's it for it today thank you for joining me for screaming for more until the next one later